0: I'm back from the dead, but first off, I want to give a shout out to Larry for hosting last week. Larry, props to you. Awesome job. I listened to the pod. You did a great job. BCB, great picks as well. We're going to get into it. I didn't really get a chance to see too much of week four, but BCB, we'll start with you. What were your initial thoughts?
1: Well, uh, initial thoughts with the Clemson game was wild. The noon kickoff was a great football game. Thought Clemson should have won. Uh, ended up being a great day for me betting wise as a fan was a little bit of heartbreakville. Uh, thought Ole Miss played well enough to beat Alabama. If, you would have, if, I, if I would have told you that we were going to hold them to 24 points, you probably would have thought Ole Miss would have won the game. Instead, Lane Kiffin and the mighty RPO, $9 million a year offense, scored 10 points and missed a couple field goals, and uh, that didn't go well. But from a gambling standpoint, loved it. Thought there was a lot of great games. We were dead right on Oregon-Colorado. Oh yeah. This doesn't mean that Dion sucks, by the way. So don't get that narrative out there. They just don't have the team yet. Um, but I think it kind of sets a uh, sets a slate. Unfortunately, I've got a wedding this weekend. Uh, no fall weddings. Hashtag no fall weddings. Mm-hmm. So gonna miss some games. But uh, all in all, <laughs> seems like I had a lot of bad beats so far this year. Last week, and think we might have turned the corner a little bit.
0: Love it. And I passed my sickness on to Larry, but he's a stronger man. He's joining the pod. Larry, what were your thoughts on week four?
2: Uh, yeah, I got to see some of the early games and some of the late games. Uh, pretty awesome slate. Started the day with FSU, Clemson. Clemson's now officially dead after losing FSU in the playoff. Or in overtime, sorry. Um, I did have three dogs last week. Only one covered. And that one was an outright winner. It was probably my favorite one of the week. We'll get into that here when we get in the recap. Uh, Yeah, going through it, back-to-back weddings in New Jersey, I'm coming off of um, I'm retired. I'm now into football season. I need to – I will be spending Saturday on the couch all day, watching every single game from here on out. Um, Happy to be back. Uh, Let's get after it. Uh, We were – BCB had been spot right on Oregon now for probably two weeks. Um, but yeah, they were just bigger, stronger, tougher. um awesome to see that. and uh yeah, let's let's get into uh, a little recap here and uh, then take a look into week five.
0: Yeah, speaking of dead real quick, Iowa put the nails in the coffin, just absolutely garbage. but we're off to that. We're on to week five. Let's win some money. That's go. I get no doubt. So, that being said, we're going to hit off with each of our teams like we've done in previous weeks. I'm going to start us off here with Iowa. There was so much talk coming into the game, Brian Ferentz. You know what? We're gonna, we don't need to hear your shit. You know, we, We're a good offense. We can do this. There's so much hype behind Cade McNamara coming into the season. So much hype behind our offensive weapons, Eric Allishey that we have on the outside, so tight end. We are just a bad football team. I'm ready to admit it. I don't know if we're going to play well against Michigan State this week. I don't have a play on that. We'll get to that in a second. But 37-0, there's no explanation. Um, I think Kirk Ferentz is going to retire at the end of the year after we maybe go six-win season. I don't know yet. Uh, But Brian's definitely gone at the end of the year. Terrible performance all around. Speaking of not the greatest performances, BC. I guess all of our teams, not the greatest performances, BCB. Let's hear it.
1: Yeah, so you got Ole Miss. Uh, This was probably – this was a year to beat Bama. I thought the defense – actually, first time we've kind of really been able to say this in the Lane Kiffin era, uh, the defense played well enough to win you the game. The offense just didn't show up. I don't – it's not a Jackson Dart thing. Um, I think a lot of their problems now kind of revolve around the fact that over probably 90% of their play calls are RPOs, which I kind of get it. It's the offense, but at the same time, they – so to, to break down kind of the talent disparity, right? So I saw Alabama has 18 five-stars. Ole Miss has one. <laughs> um, and that was Suntree Perkins. He's a true freshman. He's the kid that spied Jalen Milrow and about broke his ribs uh, on the the deep pass. If he gets there like a half second earlier, that might be a fumble touchdown the other way. <laughs> and Ole Miss is up. Um, but, but he didn't. And Milrow makes a great throw when they score a touchdown, get the two-point conversion. And that was pretty much the nail in Ole Miss's coffin. Uh but, no, you get – you're going against, uh, you know, the RPO, right? So, it works when you've got playmakers at every level, right? So, like mm-hmm. I've said on here before, so Ole Miss came into the season expecting to have Caden Priest corn starting at tight end, Trey Harris at wide receivers, Card Franklin at the other, and you've got Jalen Watkins and Dayton and Dayton Wade, your mm-hmm. other two wide receivers that are kind of auxiliary receivers. And if you watch the Ole Miss offense – uh, they run, like, a lot of hitches. Like, you'll see wide receivers run hitches and stuff. That's by design so that they get on the ball quickly. Yep. Um, so, there's kind of, like, a dead route. Because, basically, uh, with every play being an RPO, like Jackson Dart's just reading a safety or a linebacker, yep. uh, depending on what the play call is and making a read. They didn't have Trey Harris. They didn't have Zachary Franklin in full go. So, Dayton Wade, Jalen Watkins, like, have the skill set that a lot of guys in the NFL that catch 40 passes a year, play 17 years in the NFL have it. There's not deep threats. They didn't have the, the people to go deep on Bama. And then also in the RPO too, uh, the Ole Miss hasn't really thrown a lot of passes or a lot of crossing routes or mesh or anything across the middle. So the linebackers are able to kind of sit at home. And when they hand the ball off, it looks like you're playing Madden on an engage eight. Yeah. And all the linebackers are on Judkins. Also too with the RPO. So basically your linemen are always run blocking. So mm-hmm. when, once the defensive linemen see it becomes a pass, it's much easier to shed the block. And Dart doesn't have a lot of time. He did have a really bad interception. I thought that was kind of just him pressing it when he threw it deep, Mm -hmm. uh, got picked off, wasn't great. But honestly, it's all about, like, how Ole Miss kind of responds coming out of this because I don't think one loss at Bama kills you. Mm -hmm. Um, You're still actually, depending on if they win this week against LSU, depending on what shakes out, uh, Mm -hmm. Texas A&M, who just lost Connor Weigman for the season, could be number one in the SEC West after this weekend. So... So you're, everything you want still on the table. I also think that if Ole Miss can stay healthy and kind of get some of these guys back to full health, we haven't seen the, the best of their offense yet. Mm-hmm. Like Ole Miss, um, most people's power rating still the 12th or 13th best team in the country, and they're not even really that good yet. So <laughs> if, if you can keep ascending, uh, it's still on the table, yeah. and you, you've got a chance to beat Georgia later. So, What'd yeah, we'll see? see. Also, Alabama not dead. So everyone wanted to write their obituary last week. Yeah, uh, still very much in it, and they're they're still very talented on defense.
0: So I know you said there was a talent discrepancy, obviously with the eighteen to one five stars. Would you say this is more of a saving scheming win or a Kiffin play call loss?
1: Kiffin play call loss. I've, he he wore it after the game too. He even sent out the tweet. He's like, "Don't come at the players. He's like, don't come at the coaches. Come at me. This is on me." Um, it just it looks stale, man. I mean, he. If, the, if that dude calls one more jet pass, like jet motion shovel pass on second and 14, <laughs> it's like, dude, when you're sitting here running this, you're trying to go side to side. Yeah, that shit works against Mercer or Georgia Tech, like when you've got the better athletes. But when you're sitting here playing against 11 guys that are all going to be NFL players, they're mm-hmm. not falling for that. Like, that's like stuff you do in high school. And sense. they're doing it late in the game. And then also, too, like the last drive, when they were down 24-10 and your defense has been making stops, that last drive went 15 plays for 55 yards, and they didn't score and took like six minutes off the clock. Yep, yep. And so and – and Dart did kind of sail one where Watkins was open in the end zone and he put it over his head. But, yeah, no, I think this, this loss – and I'm, I've got to go after the boy here. The loss, <laughs> the, loss the loss, lays on Kiffin's shoulders. Gotcha. Um, I think Alabama was, was good enough, but that game was there for the taking.
0: For sure. Larry, let's talk about Coastal.
2: Uh yeah, Coastal got. They played uh, Thursday night at home versus uh, Georgia State. Um, Thirty to seventeen final. That is not what the score was really like. It was seventeen to three at the half. Coastal couldn't move the ball. They couldn't get first downs. They could not run the ball. Coastal looked outclassed, outmatched in their first uh, Sun Belt game of the uh, season. People are already calling for the new coach's head. Um, I do think they'll have a nice bounce back spot this week. Um, but, yeah, they it, it was tough. I mean, thanks to like a, a fumbled punt snap and a score, they scored a seven late, but it was 27 to 10 late in the fourth quarter. Um, it's going to be a long season. They're in a rebuild with a uh, Grayson McGall quarterback who's very well known for his last previous two years. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're in a tough spot for the rest of the season. Um, so like me, or if you're not like me and you've liked the vet Coastal over the last two years, I would tell you to stop doing so now. Um, <laughs> they are not the same team. They are young um, with a new head coach. So I think it might be a long season in the Sun Belt for them.
0: So same question to you. You said they couldn't pass the ball. Was this a Grayson loss or was this a head coach loss?
2: Um, I would call. I would call it play calling. Um, it would be the play calling again. Um, so it would be on the head coach. Um, I mean, McCall, I mean, I'll McCall's I was just looking at his stats. I mean, he threw the ball 26 for 42 times. Um, mm-hmm. which isn't great, but, um, I mean him throwing the ball 42 times, um also isn't great so he still threw for 295 and a touchdown but um I think it was a lot of the play calling that they struggled with and uh Georgia State's defense looked uh, pretty good
0: gotcha all right well I'll recap the only other game that I saw like I said I was deep in on meds so uh the boys saw my one group chat putting five or 600 on Wisconsin minus six this was more a play of I thought Wisconsin is is starting to gel together uh, under Fickle and their new offense, but also a play against Purdue is really really bad. We'll get into that in Week Five here. So uh, Wisconsin, I think, is really starting to gel. Makes me even more concerned about Iowa for the Big Ten West. It's not going to happen. Is my initial thoughts right now, but watch out for Wisconsin, baby. They're they're picking up steam. BCB, any other games that you wanted to recap in uh, Week Four?
1: Uh, we can touch on uh, Notre Dame, Ohio State, because you want to talk about another team that kind of let a victory slip through their hands. I thought Notre Dame, Notre Dame probably should have won that game. Oh yeah. uh, It was a great football game, too. So feather in the cap, because, you know, me, I'm more of a kind of a football traditionalist. I think great football games can still in 17-14. Uh, so <laughs> I, I like that i um, interested to kind of see where Notre Dame goes from here again I don't think they're dead like that loss isn't going to eliminate them not this season uh, they got a chance they go on the road and beat Duke they're probably back in the top 10 uh, this week so I, I still can't believe Marcus Freeman didn't have a player um, on the field for maybe the last three plays of the game he said he's a uh, worried about taking a penalty it's like it's like a half a yard penalty um, it's probably worth that half It would be fun to survey most coaches and ask them, would they rather have 10 guys trying to stop 11 on the one-yard line or 11 guys trying to stop 11 on the half-yard line? Right, right, right. Probably going to say 11 versus 11, especially since they scored right where the other defender would have been. So (laughs) not great look for Marcus Freeman there. Um, But we'll see. He's a young coach. Hopefully he can can bounce back a little bit. And then uh, I love Ryan Day just cutting the WWE – style stone cold steve austin promo on lou holtz of all people who's like 86 years <laughs> old <laughs> like he's got
0: Straight
1: this people like the geriatric lou holtz who also <laughs> lou holtz isn't backing down from his take either <laughs> like uh-huh, saying uh-huh. Like, still saying uh-huh. they're good they're not great so that's the beauty of college football. Any year you can just say, ah, oh, team's not that good. They're going to lose. And they probably will lose at least one game. So, Lou Holtz still, yeah, right, right, right. still doing that. Also, Ryan Day, absolutely delusional for saying they've only had one bad half of football in two years.
0: Psychopath <laughs> <laughs> behavior right there, dude. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's, that's overlooking some facts, I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> so i did I watched that I watched that final drive a couple times now and i I did think props to Kyle McCord he was uh very good on fourth down and then also Julian Fleming made two gigantic catches on fourth down on that final drive um so um they're gonna st- still only continue to get better I think Ohio State is um but I, either way that was the minus minus three was a push.
0: Man, I that's one game I, I just sorely missed That I, I I didn't get a chance to watch because you can always watch the highlights, like I did. I watched the highlights for every game, but you can't get the analysis. Like BCB said that an Ole Miss uh, dart through over through the guy in the end zone, right? Or Larry's talking about how Julian Williams made those last two catches. They don't show that on the highlights. They just kept replaying that fourth and one, or excuse me, that that goal line dig. So yeah, sad, sad to see, but. I'm excited for this week. But BCB, any more games?
1: Uh, No, I'll just give a shout-out to a money's in the Crumbs pick because I've been calling Akron to beat IU uh, all year long, and it actually looked like they did. So on the back angle from the camera, like, Akron kicked a 30-yard field goal, and it looks like it went through. But then when you look at it from the side, it very clearly went a little bit to the right. Um, But, yeah, Akron had them in overtime and could have won the game and didn't. So uh, nothing more I would have loved than a sad Tom Allen uh, at Akron (laughs) outright. I had him at 17, though, on the card. So that was never in doubt. uh, But that was a very fun game as well, too.
2: Sure. Larry? Uh, No, not really. I I mean, Oregon, uh, they basically won 42 to nothing. Take both Uh, your
0: guys' praises. Take both your guys' praises on this one right here.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, the minus 21 was easy money. I think BCB was talking about looking at all, all lines this last week. Not sure if he took one, but, I mean, it would have cashed. I mean, it it, it the final score is 42 to 6. I mean, the total was like 70-something, 70, 70 which was crazy. Um, I mean, Colorado got a late touchdown, meaningless touchdown. I I don't even think Oregon tried to play in the fourth quarter of the game. Um Oregon was just uh like BCB had been mentioning. I I agreed with that they were just uh bigger, stronger. They're just in a different league than Colorado. And I'm interested to see USC at Colorado this week. Um I'm interested to see it sounds like a lot of that money is coming in on USC and we we'll, pro- we'll get more into that game here. So I'll let BCB talk about this game before we get into the week five recap, but um yeah, I I just think it 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 was, I, the the dream of Dion. Um, like he played some good games week, the first couple of weeks, but they weren't they weren't Oregon. I mean Dan Dan Lansing was ready for that game. Um, that was just like it was F, FBS versus FCS team.
0: Yep yep. Um. Quick update for the folks. Uh, the Cubs bullpen just blew a 3 1 lead. It's now 3 3 in the bottom of the eighth. I know this is a college football podcast, but just want to keep you guys all updated that we're shitting down our leg. Anyways, any other more week four items that you guys want to talk through, or can we hop right into week five?
1: Yeah. Did
2: you, I was, oh, did you get an alt line, BCB? No, I was
1: going to say. So, legal sports gambling's kind of killed the alt line. Uh, <laughs> it seemed like I, I couldn't find it. Like, I found it at like 160 somewhere for like a minus 27 and a half. I was not going to do that. I was not giving a touchdown for minus 160 when I can just pile on minus 110 at 21. So um, I couldn't just find a number that made sense. If I would have got it north of like plus two, I would have, or like plus 200, I would have done that. Just couldn't find it. Um, I guess to kind of touch on futures a little bit, Texas Tech is probably dead. They lost to West Virginia. So. No hope there. Uh, that hasn't been a great one for us. Uh, Northwestern, though, pulling off a team that looked like they were dead. Got an outright win over Minnesota. So, not great there. Uh, if you're a believer, I added Kansas State to the card. I'm not big on UCF, and they, they won pretty easily, uh, 44-31. So, also, too, the best team in the country that no one really talks about. I don't think anyone's aware of it. Washington's just an absolute train on offense. <laughs> Just keep rolling, so. Um,
0: I got, um, I mean, if we're going to touch on futures real quick, I got Oregon State, just like you do, BCB, plus 1,100 to win the conference, looks good. LSU, plus 450 to win the conference. KU, plus 3,500, they have a big game, which we'll talk about here at Texas. And then a bunch of other shitty ones. Yeah. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, I did. I was gonna say too. So like, uh, I did get Oregon a couple of weeks ago at forty to one to win the Natty. So I'm yeah, happy, right. ha- happy to have that ticket uh, for the time being. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think I think all else. Uh, well, yeah, Connor Weigman, Texas A and M guy, we were high on, uh, is out for the year. So Max Johnson, their oh, starting you. quarterback going forward. So one thing to note uh, also too from the G five. Georgia Southern, team I was huge on. They blew out the alma mater 40-3 to this week. They've looked really good under Clay Hilton so far this year. So I really like where we're at uh, from a future standpoint. And usually if I – futures are usually pretty good to me. So if we can just keep kind of riding out here, get a couple more weeks like last week, should end up in the money.
0: And Larry with Washington to win the conference. So big battle between BCB and Bubs versus Larry. I think it might come down to it between us, us two. Excuse me. All right, week five picks. What a fucking marquee fucking slate that we have. This might challenge week two as one of our better weeks of football. Um, I think we can start with Utah and Oregon State. Cam Rising's not playing um, from what I've seen, right? Is that a correct statement?
1: Yeah, I was trying to look that up earlier tonight. It seems to be all over the place. Um, If you want to believe message boards, there are some rumors out there that the words uh, medical red shirt might be in play.
0: Uh, yeah. And
1: yeah. And we touched on this though. Do you remember before the season, before that Florida game, I said that like it takes 10 months to get back from an ACL. If he played the Florida game, that would have been eight. So <laughs> he's just now he's not even to the 10 month mark yet.
0: Dude. I mean, it's, it's possible. But that being said, I mean, at Oregon state it's takes- on a, yeah, at Oregon State, their defense, DJU playing very, very well. Their running game is outstanding. Uh, I think what Utah does is what they've done against other Pac-12 teams is they're a balanced team, hard defense, can run the ball, you know, pass okay. That's what Oregon State does. That's how Utah's beaten all these other teams. So I'm huge, huge on Oregon State this week. Yeah. Go ahead. Go
1: ahead. So, yeah, I'll add to it here. Um... So then also, too, I did too with Cam Rising. So apparently he's gone through practice non-contact. So he's been going, like, full practice non-contact. I don't think that's usually a great sign. Um, so I, I don't know. I, this is one I'm probably going to wait till Friday to get it in because I think if he plays, it might go down to a pick him. It's minus three right now. So I'm just going to wait and see. And If he's out, I don't think the line changes that much. Like, yeah. it changed, like, a point and a half last week. So. Got it. I'm going to try and just watch it like a hawk, see what happens. Uh, see if I get that three in before it adjusts. But some 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 notes I had on this game, though. So Oregon State's gone for 440 yards in every single game this year. Uh, they just gave up 106 on the ground last week to uh, Washington State, I believe. And that's the high that they've given up to a team. So they're, they're built, like you said, it's kind of like a styles make fights. And both these teams are pretty similar. Uh, it's just going to be who can out-execute who. The top two rushers on Oregon State are averaging 6.8 7, 6, and 7.6 yards per carry. Uh, worth noting, too, so Utah did go on the road earlier in the season, struggled at Baylor in the day game. Corvallis at night is, a, is an animal, too. Um, I think Oregon State's really just kind of a, a better version of Baylor uh, if you line the two teams up and how they like to play football. So I think Oregon State um, has a chance to give them some real problems. The Utah rushing defense, though, uh worth noting so they they've been better at home than on the road they held florida to 13 rushing yards per game or to r- 13 rushing yards ucla to nine they did give up 121 to baylor so again it's just really who shows up and executes um is able to, to stop the other team's run game also if cam's not playing having dju is a huge advantage at quarterback um over over a young kid that's making making a start on the road
0: yeah, and like you mentioned, their high running game that they allowed was at Baylor. So let, let's let see. Let's see what happens. Uh, Larry, your baby, USC at Colorado. I'm sure you're taking Colorado money line, right?
2: Oh, uh, no, but at the same time, <laughs> I don't think I'll be touching this game. If I were to touch a side, I would probably take Colorado plus 21 and a half here. Uh, however, um. I think Colorado's a better team at home. I think they'll play much differently at home. Um, I don't... I think Oregon's bigger and more disciplined than USC is, especially on defense. I think USC... I mean, we know USC does allow big plays, so I could see Colorado getting a couple big plays here. So the 21 and a half scares me. Um, So I would not be jumping on... I won't be jumping on USC like I was Oregon in this situation. Um, but right now, I probably wouldn't be touching it. I would be leading Colorado.
0: Fair enough. BCB, any quick points on this game?
2: Yeah. So uh, you, USC,
1: uh, kind of we think of like the high high volume, like big throwing, big pass plays, um, offense kind of USC. They've actually been really efficient running the ball. In their last three games, they've averaged 10.8, uh, 6.4, and 7.3 yards per carry. So they've been kind of multifaceted here um, in the run game as well. The, uh, I think the Colorado as well, too, they just don't have the players in the trenches yet, which is what we talked about. USC actually did go out and load up on some guys this year. Uh, they had eight sacks last week. USC did against Arizona State. Colorado gave up seven sacks last week. Um, and Colorado also gave up 500-plus yards again on defense. They just haven't really been able to stop anybody. They still can't run the ball. Uh, they've had 70 yards or less as a team. Uh, going through, just if you take the average power rating, so I kind of did some some metrics here. Uh, shout out to Steele Steel looking at his, his power ratings. Um, took USC's full game score versus Colorado's last two when Travis Hunter hasn't played. Uh, the line just between those metrics where you're averaging out USC versus Colorado in just their last two games would actually have USC by about 29 to 30 points. Um, it automatically I think again though we talked about this last week like does does Dan Lanning go for the kill he very clearly did Uh, it's probably it's probably gonna be the same thing with Lincoln Riley if he wants to sit out there and roll Caleb Williams out and put up 50 on him they're gonna be able to Um, USC probably will be able to make a couple stops Shador still just holds the ball way too long and I don't think with Travis Hunter out they have anybody that can get open consistently so I don't know. Um, as of right now, USC minus 21 is not a play. It's definitely some teaser material. Uh, I could, could very well end up on USC though both time cards come out.
0: Love it. And then we're actually going to turn it right back to you, our resident SEC expert for Georgia at Auburn. I got no opinion on this game. I don't watch as much SEC as you by any means.
1: Okay. So this is actually, it sounds weird to say, because Auburn's kind of coming in here where they just got blown out last week at Texas A&M, got thrashed in the second half, uh, lost 27 to 10 um pretty wild stat auburn hasn't had 100 passing yards in their last five games versus p5 opponents so <laughs> that's, that's, like, that's like northwestern rutgers level of an net passing the ball the last couple of years um i thought that was absolutely wild so there's a chance though that does seem like auburn might turn back to robbie ashford this weekend who's at least a dual threat kid uh, started for him a little bit last year. He was actually originally in Ole Miss for football and baseball, um, but ended up at Auburn. Um, Auburn, though, on defense is almost the exact opposite of their offense so far. So they've and they've actually been good running the ball. They're just completely inefficient at passing. Uh, they're holding opponents to uh, under 140 yards per game, under the team's average. So the defense is right there. That's actually eighth best in the country, and their fourth best in pass efficiency defense. So I think Auburn's a pretty tough place to play um, Georgia over the past few years, like the defense has been their calling card so far this year, Georgia only has five sacks. So they've only sacked the quarterback five times through four games. Yep. Worth noting, this is Carson Beck's first road start and Georgia has been slow starters. So if they get down seven o ten o. 10 on the road, I think to this Auburn team, yeah, puts puts them in a bind. Um, they've got Dominique Lovett at, at wide receiver and Ra Thomas. Those guys haven't been as dynamic. I know Georgia has dealt with some injuries. I think they're getting a little more healthy, um, but we're not, I'm not sure yet. I do think too. So if I, I'm very leaning towards uh, Auburn 14 and a half and maybe even a little money line sprinkle, I think, I do think Georgia's capable of a, a level that we haven't seen from them yet. But Georgia this year, Oh three and one against the spread. Hugh Freeze is nine and five against the spread as a home dog, uh, lifetime. So yeah, the, the fighting Hugh Freeze is down there might might have a chance this
0: week. I love it. Next game up, Kansas at Texas. I'm going to start us off with this one. Um, Kansas plus seventeen going to Texas. I think one thing about Texas, while they do you know bring in the stars, they bring in great recruits. I don't think. You know, we talked about Corvallis earlier, how they're just a you know a terrible place to play for an opposing team. I don't think Texas Stadium really has that aspect to it when it comes down to it. I mean, they're they're going to pack the stadium and it's going to be there, but I don't think it does. And Kansas beat them last year at home straight up. So if you look at last week, Kansas, Jalen Daniels only fourteen for nineteen, but two uh, three touchdowns. The defense actually stood up against BYU. He didn't really need to do much. I think he really balls out in this game. But Texas, obviously, you're fi- playing against Ewers, who's had almost – it's arguably a Heisman content, or a Heisman frontrunner right now when it comes down to it. And then they got Xavier uh, Xavier Worthy, um, just studs all around. So I think it will be a shootout, uh, but Kansas plus 17 at Texas will be a good one to watch, BCB.
1: Yeah, so Kansas actually uh, running the ball. Um, So far this year, they've gone over 200 yards rushing as a team in three of their four games. Uh, They don't have a single 300-plus passing yard game so far. Uh, This year, I do worry about the pass defense a little bit. So Kansas, they had a battle against Nevada a couple weeks ago, bounced back last week, beat by BYU on the road. I think that was a pretty good win for them, but they did give up 300-plus passing yards. Obviously, Texas has uh, some really great athletes, at wide receiver, probably a little bit better than the uh, BYU wide receivers, exceptionally now that uh, the uh, Nakawa brothers and uh, the Romneys are no longer there. So may, the, the BYU wide receiving court is probably not as deep as it has been. Just seems to me like 17 points seems like a lot on uh, this game for Kansas. Also kind of a look ahead spot for Texas. They have the uh, Red River uh, shootout next week against oklahoma so also if, if texas gets a big lead i could see them uh pulling the starters resting some guys worth noting if kansas does the same the jason beam kid that plays at kansas is pretty good at the backup quarterback so with 17 okay. your back door is going to be open uh no pun intended there and then <laughs> yeah you, you got the over under 61 and a half i think the over might even be in play um from that standpoint, also, it's, it's weird too, Texas their their best games this year when they grayed out have been on the road. They've kind of been a letdown team at home. uh Leopold is four and eight against the spread on the road though, as a head coach.
0: Love it. Um, let's move on to M- Michigan at Nebraska. BCB, I'll let you start. I got some I got some overall. I don't have exact stats, but I have overall feedback here.
1: Okay, for this game. Um, so I think, I think you're going to kind of like what I have to say in some of these aspects. So I'm I'm assuming the Harburg kid is going to be the starting quarterback, Mm -hmm. um, not Jeff Sims, Harburg at least doesn't turn the ball over. He is also their leading rusher and passer,
0: uh,
1: for the team. So, uh, talking about being inept at passing the ball, Nebraska's eclipsed 150 passing yards in one game so far this year. Uh, That's not great when you played Louisiana Tech. (laughs) Uh, Some of the other schools, so not great. Um, Nebraska, though, has held every single opponent. They've played to 58 yards or less when it comes to running the ball. Michigan, running team. So, again, this is honestly very similar. Uh, to the game we talked about a little bit earlier here where we we're talking Utah, Oregon State, maybe just not the luster. Um, Michigan's laying 17, the over-under is only 39, and a half, 39. I would – I think Nebraska, if you put this on a teaser, sometimes I'll give you 13-point teasers. Um, you can get plus 30 on Nebraska. That's, that's worth throwing it in. Uh, I don't think Nebraska's there yet to beat Michigan outright. But I will say this: Matt Rule is 13 and five against the spread as a home dog. Harbaugh's 13, 14 and one as a road favorite.
0: Uh, Larry, any comments on this quick game here?
2: Don't bet on Nebraska.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. So I'll say, when I watched Nebraska play Minnesota, first game of the year. Yes, I understand Minnesota is not as good as I thought they were going to be. But that defense is fucking solid. They, I think, mean, it's not the black shirt defense of the past, but it's a solid defense through and through. Rule had some of the terrible penalties that he's worked out in his, you know, since his head coaching debut in at Nebraska, and you're talking about Michigan coming into their first true road conference game at Nebraska, which you know is going to be lit up at Memorial Stadium. I don't know. 18 points is a lot of points with Michigan, a known running team, Nebraska, a known running team. We're going to have a lot of clock moving. We're going to have a lot of things going. So we'll see when we come to our picks. Um, Again, we're turning it back to our Ole Miss resident, LSU at Ole Miss.
1: All right. So we got Ole Miss. Actually, I think they opened as a slight favorite. It was like one and a half and it flipped. Uh, so I think they're they're minus three minus or Ole, Ole Miss is plus three, plus two um, in some places now. This is a night game now. Uh, there's also a rivalry game. Uh, it's the Magnolia Bowl. So <laughs> it's kind of what it's called. Um, there's a big rivalry, in like the 50s, 60s down there. It's still kind of a residual thing. Uh, ironically, you kind of come into this LSU's probably on probably from an offensive standpoint a little bit better version of Bama. I think Jaden Daniels is better than Jalen Milrose, a kid you don't want to let get outside of the pocket. Maybe you have Sontarine Perkins now, who's the, uh, or Suntarian is how it's pronounced, but we call him Sonny P down at Ole Miss. Uh, He's kind of our Harold Perkins uh, type of kid that he can can, uh, spy. He didn't play the Tulane game really at all. Uh, He's still third on the team in tackles, and I think he's leading the team in sacks with like four. So the kid's been an absolute weapon. Uh, he was really only down between Ole Miss and Alabama. Somehow ended up at Ole Miss. So <laughs> shout out Pete Golden for landing him. This could be kind of his breakout game. I thought he played huge last week. If he can stop Jane Daniels, keep him in the pocket. Uh, I think he's got a huge chance. The Ole Miss secondary is going to be tested, obviously. Uh, you got Malik Neighbors out there now. So keep him in check. Keep Daniels in the pocket. Play the defensive effort you played last week. You probably win. Um, it does look like Zakari Franklin, Trey Harris – pre-scoring the main three on offense and then they said judkins is uh healthy now as well so all mm-hmm. oh, this might be the first time that Ole miss has been as healthy as they have been um a couple years ago so the mac corral season 2021 Ole miss early remember kind of like early in the season they went to alabama they were at 14 point dog kind of a trendy upset pick lose the game like 42 21 and it was like 42 7 we scored a couple well Ole Miss re- like rebounded uh beat Arkansas 52-51 the week after that, then went to uh, Neyland, beat Tennessee. So, uh, again, this is kind of a spot where Ole Miss has to bounce back. When we talk about, like, Florida State, like, Florida State, where they kind of exposed LSU, um, was having wide receivers that were bigger than their cornerbacks. Ole Miss has some big receivers in Zakari Franklin, Trey Harris, so – think you got to do more designed, more, more true run plays, more true pass plays, not so much of the RPO mix. Um, just kind of keep a positive momentum going on offense, stay ahead of down and distance. If you're Ole Miss, get Quashon Judkins going. Um, like I said, if, if they kick it up to the level of where I think the offense can be, then mm-hmm. Ole Miss can put themselves right back in the playoff picture with a win here. Uh, again, if they do win, Saturday night against LSU – they have a, uh, a win against a ranked team on the road and at home. Not too many teams can say that right now in the country. Uh, but also, if LSU goes and wins this game, they're right back in the national title conversation, as well as winning the SEC. So it's, it's college foots, man.
0: Dude, it's going to be a bloodbath. I love it. Um, we'll end with our last game here. Larry, I don't know if you want to start with the comments uh, Notre Dame at Duke, especially after you commented, you know, on the Notre Dame uh, Ohio state game, but, and you were on Duke at the very beginning of the year as well.
2: Uh, yeah, I was just looking at the stats quickly. Uh, Ryan Leonard only has two passing touchdowns this year, which was kind of astonishing to me that I just saw that. Um, yeah. but he probably has a bunch of rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Notre Dame is five and a half point favorites here at Duke. Um, BCB, we also talked about it last week a little bit. Um, that game against Clemson was a lot closer. Uh, the two, they had two turnovers like at, in the red zone. Um, I actually like Notre Dame a lot here to bounce back. I think Notre Dame is not going to let Duke run the ball as much as they need to in order to win. I still like this Duke team a lot, um, but I think this is a great bounce back for Notre Dame to. Um, just big boy them and um, win the trenches. Um, and I do think they will be very successful. Notre Dame will be at running the ball on Duke and even controlling the time of possession here.
0: Love it. BCB.
2: Yeah. So I,
1: I had it down on my notes as well. too. I can believe Riley Leonard only has two touchdowns. I don't think he has any turnovers. <laughs> uh, so that, that's, that's kind of a wild stat. Uh, again, though, I really think uh, kind of just adding to what Larry said, I think this is Notre Dame's game to lose. Um, it's really all about how they respond. Again, like we talked about with LSU and Ole Miss. If you're Marcus Freeman, you got to be telling your guys, hey, like, go win this game on the road. That mm-hmm. loss doesn't really matter. You're back in it. You're probably a top 10 team. Um, it's another another notch in the belt and you need as many of those as you can get in the 14 playoff system. So just go mm-hmm. ahead and win it, um, Hartman. You know, obviously, incredibly experienced. Not going to be worried about going into Duke playing a night game. Uh, Elko, though, Elko, the head coach at Duke, he's eight and one there against the spread as a head coach at home.
0: So, <laughs> and Hartman's used to playing at Duke, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, gonna yeah. force. Also, Duke only ran the ball for seventy four yards on twenty seven carries last week against UConn or against uh, yeah UConn. So it was a forty one seven win. But if they can't run the ball, they're pr- they're not beating Notre Dame, and it might get
0: ugly. Got it. All right. Well, let's move on to our finale, our week five picks. Um, Larry, you want to start? It's up to you, buddy.
2: Yeah, yeah, I can get this going. Um, so I got two picks here on this first game, uh, Utah at Oregon State. I'm going over 44-and-a-half. I think that total is too low. Um, I think – both these teams can score points. I'm also, BCB said it earlier, but I'm also basing this off of uh, that Baylor game week two. Utah's, Utah's defense looked terrible at Baylor. Um, Baylor was able to run the ball all over them. I also like DJU here a lot. I think he can use his legs if he needs to. Um, he's a pretty capable runner. Um, I'm also taking Oregon State minus three and a half on that game. Uh, the next pick's the only dog I have this week is uh Syracuse plus six and a half Clemson at Syracuse. I'm taking Syracuse at the uh, Carrier Dome noon noon start. Um, I think they'll be fired up. I think I think the uh, morale in Clemson's really really bad. I think Syracuse is a real bad place to go. Um, during that, um, I think Syracuse might have beat them outright there last year or two years ago. Um, next next game I'm taking. I'm rated, riding James Madison minus three. Um, the Dame, the great dames have been uh, money for me. That they, they were my mortal lock last week, minus six and a half at uh, New Mexico State. They only won by seven, but that was a nice cover for me. I'm then taking BC minus three. They get Virginia at home. Um, like what I've seen from BC the past couple of weeks, they played really tough up against FSU two weeks ago. Um, I'm backing I'm backing the Iowa Hawkeyes. It's <laughs> 12 and a half. <laughs> Saturday night, 730 versus Michigan State. Um Mel is finally fired. Hmm. I think Michigan State's really bad. I think this is a nice bounce back spot for Iowa here. Um, I think they should be able to cover the twelve and a half. I'm taking them at home. Um yeah, I mean it's gonna be a tough, tough environment. That place is gonna be bumping and I think I was gonna be trying to score points. Uh mm-hmm. then I'm taking Notre Dame minus five and a half. Um, I think they they'll be able to cover that. And then I'm also riding Washington minus nineteen and a half. They're at Arizona. Um, I think both of you have told me Arizona's all right, but Washington's another beast. Um, and then I'll save my moral log here for the end. Right, BCB. Yeah, so
1: let's go here. Still kind of putting the finest finishing touches on it, um, but I'm gonna say, go ahead, give me Auburn plus 14 and a half. I already explained why I like that game. Also, Friday night, let's go ahead and lay the Oregon State minus three. Um, this isn't this isn't gonna be an official play yet. I'll I'll text you whenever we're making the graphics, or if we're making one, or Friday I'll put up the card on Twitter. Whatever we do. Um, right now, very early lean um, Louisville minus the three at NC state Friday night. Mm-hmm. Shout out K Ford talking about futures earlier. I had the Louisville ACC futures. He actually has them as the second most likely team to make the ACC title game uh, as of right now. So yeah. um, we'll see. Uh, also. So the boy Blake Shapin might be back for Baylor this week. They're going to UCF. I actually think Baylor's probably a little little more physically tougher might even have some better players than UCF Mm -hmm. uh, going in there so Baylor's getting 12 and a half this might be my last stand with them Uh, also I just don't think that Sawyer Robinson kid that was playing quarterback for Baylor's any good he had like one touchdown four interceptions just largely ineffective Uh, we'll see see how that shakes out for him so Gotta go against Larry here. He talked about Coastal being bad. I talked about Georgia Southern being good. Georgia Southern's laying the six at home versus coastal this week. Uh there's probably Clay Helton telling the boys, hey, they've had their time. This is our time to run the conference. You get the dub. You take care of business at home. You put the you put the Clears in the in the coffin. That's that. Um not probably not gonna have a pick on the old miss game. So like I said I'm gonna be at a wedding Saturday. So can't get my heart torn out twice uh <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta take it uh, man also very curious about it's uh, a night game but uh West Virginia plus the 12 and a half at TCU that might almost be a lean for me okay. um I think that's about it I'm leaning Air Force minus the 10 at home versus San Diego State as well, too. I think San Diego State's inept offensively. I got to check, though, because just off the top of my head, I feel like San Diego State usually plays Air, uh, plays Air Force pretty tough. So um, don't want to get in that. And then we might even have an FCS over uh, FBS upset special this week. We'll see what lines we can get. But Abilene Christian's going to North Texas. North Texas is absolutely awful. Uh, in at, I think the only game they won was when they beat our Louisiana Tech. And again, we had a lot of units on Louisiana Tech. So uh, <laughs> let me look at the FCS numbers. Okay. We might have might have a big money liner there. Um, but yeah, that's that's probably going to wrap up the card. Don't see really anything else here. Um, I might take Rutgers over Wagner, depending on what that You're line Saving so. your
0: morning, though,
1: right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. yeah.
0: All right. So we got a little bit of a – I don't want to do like barstool pick earthquake, but we got to come up with something because we're all on Oregon State minus three and a half. I don't know if that's a good thing, bad thing, what, but we'll come up with something when we're all on a pick. But, yeah, I got Oregon State minus three and a half. I also – you guys have like half of my picks. I have Louisville minus three at NC State. Um, shout out your boy, Big Ten specialist, Nebraska plus 18, home – against Michigan, fucking ride it. Not I debated it being my lock, but no. Nebraska plus 18. I also have, shout out Larry, Syracuse plus seven, home against Clemson. Shout out Larry. I also have BC minus three and a half against UVA, or home against UVA. Uh, KU plus 17 at Texas. We talked about that a little bit here in the preview. And then Bama minus 14 at Mississippi State. I was big on Mississippi State at the beginning of the year. Got a quick stat here for you guys just to kind of why I'm on them so big is that I wish I had it pulled up, but in the last five meetings between Alabama and Mississippi State, Bama has outscored Mississippi State 182 to 22 with an average final score of about 36 to 4. Keep that in mind when you make your picks. Mortal lock time, though. Larry, let's hear it.
2: Uh, so I'm taking Cal minus 12 and a half. Um, I, I, I wish I could give you stats, but they played maybe – I forget who they played last week, but they put up 500 total yards last week with whoever they played. Mm-hmm. The scoreboard did not show that. Um, So I'm taking Cal – Minus 12 and a half. It also sounds like Arizona State might have their fourth string quarterback out there this week. Um, So lock in Cal minus 12 and a half. Love it.
0: PCB.
1: All right. So like an RPO, I faked you out. You thought I was passing. I'm Mm -hmm. actually running with this one. Give me Ole Miss on the money line at home. This is this – is, Lane Kiffin proves to everyone that he's actually a genius. I'm a genius for riding his coattails early. Jackson Dart comes back in a big way. The boys still have it. We're going to hit some passes over the middle, mix it up. Quashan's going to get going. I'm going to figure out a way to watch this game while I'm at a wedding, probably to my detriment at some point. We'll probably be pretty intoxicated. Might have to let the sat out online, but I'm all in. I should be at this game, but I'm not. I sold the tickets for a reasonable price, not even a huge markup. Hopefully that's that's some good karma, uh, but we're hottie totty. The lame train still rolls.
0: Let's fucking go.
1: Also, I love it because everyone loved us last week, and now everyone hates you. And when everyone hates you in college football, you do great things.
0: Yep, yep, 100% agree, 100% agree. All right, wrapping it up here, my lock of the week. I'm sticking to the Big Ten. I feel like I know it like the back of my hand. Illinois plus one at Purdue. I watch Illinois play against Kansas. I see how their solid defense, Brett Bielema, solid previous Big Ten coach, struggled at Arkansas, now back, really is bringing the pro. You know, he lost a couple of players when he, you know, to the draft last year. But Illinois is one, it's not as solid as a team as like Syracuse or Oregon State on both sides of the ball, but they are solid. Purdue, absolutely garbage this year, can't put anything together. Illinois dominates the clock, Illinois plus one. That's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Let's win some fucking money. Let's stay hot. Let's fucking...